Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, Bobby, happy Milwaukee Day. Today is 414, and we've got... This is one of the biggest stories in Milwaukee today around the the future of the streets of old Milwaukee, what the Milwaukee Public Museum is referring to as the spiritual successor for the streets of old Milwaukee, a new exhibit called Milwaukee Revealed, which is actually the third permanent gallery we've had a chance to um, have an advanced look at in the new future museum. And this one is uh, probably the, the one that most people were looking forward to the most. Yeah, I was a little surprised that they didn't save it for last, frankly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just because it really is like, I mean, at least to the general public, it seems like the one that's most anticipated. And I think people who have an open mind will be happy with what they see because it's a mix, um, as the previous ones were, it's a mix of new stuff and new experiences and new contexts, but also a lot of familiar stuff, you know, items and things that we'll have seen from the streets of Old Milwaukee. So that is definitely a theme that they are working into these reveals they've been doing this spring, um, really showing that there's going to be these elements of familiarity and nostalgia in the future museum, but updating it to a modern museum setting. So these renderings do show how that's going to look, and the museum officials that we're going to be hearing from here later on take us through step by step and what their inspiration was. But I'm just kind of off the bat here, Bobby, there's going to be familiar elements. Um, the Mitchell Building, which is a really prominent building here in the uh, Third Ward, will be mm-hmm. represented. Cream City Brick will be throughout the exhibit as well. Yeah, there's like neighborhood street scenes. So unlike Streets of Old Milwaukee, which has always had sort of a commercial bent, there will be a neighborhood in this. And this will be um, an immersive experience like the streets of Old Milwaukee. There's going to be a street you're going to walk into this exhibit. In addition to being some commercial elements, there will be a neighborhood and people will be able to see how neighborhood systems work, like how we get our water, how we get our electricity, how the sewage flows out. It'll have different representations of residential architecture in Milwaukee, like Polish flats and that sort of thing. Um, As you say, there'll be Cream City Brick in the exhibits, which is going to open up the ability to talk about the geology of the city. And that's sort of a big thing they're doing with all of these exhibits in the new museum is they want to connect nature and culture. So this is a chance to do that by talking about the geology of the city, which has led to the Cream City Brick, which has become such a an iconic thing in the city. And then there's going to be like waterfront aspect. There's going to be like a riverfront scene, which we don't have anything like that in the streets of old Milwaukee. You know, one thing that, that really struck me and I think is perfect for urban spelunking is this theme of revealed in the new exhibit. And they're really looking at these different ways of building those reveals and that magic into the exhibit smells of, of the streets. So they're, they're working in all these immersive reveals uh, from the jump. Yeah, and I like that, you know, some of them will be technological, as you say, like sort of walls kind of vanishing away and revealing what was there previously. But some of them are going to be good old, like, it sounds like get on your knees if you're a kid and crawl through a little tunnel and there'll be like flaps to open and doors. So it's not, you know, for people who are worried that the new museum is going to be sort of completely overtaken by technology, it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case either. You know, there's going to be a mix of sort of traditional museum experiences, dioramas, and that sort of thing with some enhanced technological features. But that's already been built into things like the streets of old Milwaukee, which a while back got an upgrade to have sounds added and that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, like that streetcar element. So yeah, uh, something like that um, coming here. 
Well, coming up in our extended conversation here with museum officials, we hear from two of the uh, designers from Think Design, who is the museum's partner in building out the future museum, Helen Diviak and Chris Mueller. They share deep dives on each of these exhibits. And of course, I know you're dying to see the renderings too. We've got those photos linked in the description box of this player. So head to onmilwaukee.com or radiomilwaukee.org to find those. And stick around next, we've got that interview right after the break. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. All right, Bobby, um, let's get into this interview. This is with, as I mentioned, two of the lead designers. They talk about this this kind of the guiding principles here of building that nostalgia, bringing in those elements that are recognizable, but also, you know, they touch on other things that they're adding. Um, we'll hear about Increase Lapham, a portion of the exhibit that is dedicated to his research. We're going to hear about the future of the candy store, which I know is another big hot button issue here, plus uh, how they're talking about beer in this exhibit. So let's get into it. This is Helen Diviak and Chris Mueller of Think Design. So our big idea with the Milwaukee Revealed Gallery is that there is more to Milwaukee than meets the eye. We want to uncover the often overlooked networks of neighbors, waterways, and greenways that interlace to create a vibrant, ever-changing community. And of course, one of the first sites that we'll see, again, is a contemporary streetscape. Chris, um, what else could we imagine? <laughs> So it is it, it is a place that is immersive. It feels like we've walked into downtown Milwaukee. The sun has just gone down below the horizon. The street lights are coming on. Store windows are still lit up. In the second story, you can see movement of people up there. We hear the sounds of the city and, and, and the smells and just the feeling of standing there. Ahead of us, as we enter in, we see the Mitchell Building, iconic downtown building with a long history of many uses over the years uh, standing before us. And then its facade seemingly melts away and we see through the facade into the interior where we see silhouettes of buildings that had sat on that same site historically, specifically the Juno Solomon uh, house, one of his houses, back to the founding, the beginning of Milwaukee as a, as a settlement, as a, as a place. So in this streetscape, you're going to see a lot of familiar vernacular city architecture, the street lamps, but also, of course, cream city brick. So if you look to the left of that, this sketch, you can see that iconic cream city brick for which Milwaukee has been so well known. And actually inside that building, just around that corner where that lady is standing, is we have a pharmacy. A pharmacy, of course, is indicative of the health and wellness of an urban place of the city. And as you walk into that space, we want to, people to feel as if they have walked into a sort of an old-timey apothecary that still functions today. And here revealed the many ways and the many ways of knowing how to care 
care for our bodies through holistic medicines, through alternative medicines, of course, traditional medicines too. We're looking at legacy like the, the Cream City physicians as well, individuals who've made, made an impact on the health and wellness of the city. But the building's exterior, that Cream City brick, also gives us a chance to get into the geological, the very deep geological history of Milwaukee and Wisconsin. What is Cream City brick anyways? Where did it come from? How did it form? So again, we're not just looking at sort of the urban systems, but thinking about the very geology, the bedrock of this place. Now, just across the way, you see a, a number of storefronts. And Chris, what kind of stores am I going to encounter when I walk through this street? Well, first, we will see a, a, a dress shop and a, a place that to, to go into and explore, see dresses for, for sale. But this also is a showcase for Milwaukee Public Museum's deep collection of textiles and historical clothing. And so this becomes a changing exhibit area where different clothes from different eras can be put on display. Maybe we see the relationship between what is worn today and antecedents that go back 100 or more years. A place to discuss the different industries connected to clothing centered in the Milwaukee area, the textile industry, the dyeing industry, woolery. And so possibly every time you come to visit, there'll be different dresses on display, different stories being told. Next to that will be a frozen custard shop, something very much in the in the present day. And that gives us a, a chance to, to go inside, experience a fun, bright, beautiful frozen custard shop, but then also see its history, its history in the area, and then further exploration of how does frozen custard come to Milwaukee? How does the milk from the cows and the eggs from the, the chickens make a journey to, to become frozen custard in Milwaukee and for sale? And what are the histories behind maybe the flavors that, that are offered? So everything is, is in this exhibit, nothing is taken at face value. Everything is a chance to look at different connections and different networks going in different directions. And then the final building in this particular row of buildings is a, a changing storefront that we can't, we don't go into, we look through the windows and can see different things on display at different times, also a rotating exhibit. Maybe we showcase items that in the museum's collection, they were all manufactured in Milwaukee specifically. Maybe they're all things related to the glass industry, maybe things related to the industrial revolution. So something that can, uh, that can change out both in the present day objects, historical objects. I guess I could say at this point, looking in this view off to the left towards the, towards the sun, we can see the riverfront, a brief area where we can walk along the riverfront of river, great Milwaukee experience. And here, besides just seeing an evocation of the water of the river and the buildings across the way, we can peer deeply. We can have revealed to us what who are the fish that live inside this, uh, this particular river? What are those buildings over there? And what is their, what is their history? you're gonna learn about beer. <laughs> so yes, beer in Milwaukee. And we wanna understand why beer, why here? Why was it Milwaukee that the beer industry flourished? We're gonna be encountering artifacts, historic artifacts that tell the story of the German and Polish immigrants who brought their traditions here, but also the story about a place that flourished on the nexus of riverways, of a lake, and of agricultural land that enabled the barley and the wheat, um, the fresh water and the hops to grow here to, to support a beer industry. Just across the street from the beer hall, you encounter another Milwaukee grape. 
a gentleman called Increase Lapham. So that name might be familiar to some of you, or it might maybe you've never heard of it. But he was one of Wisconsin's and Milwaukee's first naturalists, first scientists, first geologists. He did a lot of firsts. Uh, and Chris, what would I find if I walked through that door? We, we would come into an evocation, recreation of Increase Lapham's cozy little reading room, which he had where he worked and had things from his various collections on display, a cabinet with things of geological interest, plants that he's collected in, the, in a plant press, the first serious survey of plants in the, in the region, items connected to his work as a cartographer, as well as his own very beautiful botanical sketches. And in, in this modest space where things are just laid out for the interest and amusement of his colleagues, they would also be open to the to public and people who want to, to come by. We walk out of the increased Lapham study and we, we take a turn and we leave the streets of downtown Milwaukee, um, walk past sort of a, an evocation of a lakefront again as the sun has just set. And we turn the corner into what should feel like a, a really regular, familiar neighborhood. But what's not so regular or familiar is that again, you're getting all these reveals, you're getting all these sneak peeks. What's under the streets? What's behind the windows? What's behind the curtains? So here we can, we have, again, systems that maybe we take for granted can be revealed. The, uh, we, we hear a toilet flushing, a wall becomes apparent. <laughs> we see the, the water systems flowing through this building and, and coming out into the, the sewer nearby a, an adjacent water treatment plant, not visible in this, in this view, but also electrical systems can be made visible. Um, there are crawl through spaces for kids to go through and into the house and see things from an unusual perspective just for the for the kids. But also we're seeing the urban neighbors that we share our, our lives with, both our pets, the domestic pets, maybe visible through windows, but also the creatures like bugs and insects and birds, but also smaller mammals like squirrels that jump onto our, to our roof and also again, with our trick of a wall becoming transparent, seeing the bats that live in the wall, the squirrels that are living in, in the roof, the mice that are living in our basement, mostly benignly, we, we all coexist very well. And of course, it's not just about what we see, it's about what we hear, it's about what we smell. And so again, with all of these immersive scenes, we really are digging into the multi-sensory. So what can you touch? What can you smell? What are you hearing? And what are all of your senses revealing to you about this city? But of course, no visit to MPM, to the Milwaukee Public Museum, would be complete without a visit to the candy shop. And this is where we pay homage to the future museum's future site in the historic Haymarket District, bringing a candy shop with an old-timey feel. And what, what am I going to be tempted by, Chris, when I walk into this candy shop? You are going to see such beautiful candies and beautiful, colorful, glowing candies displaying <laughs> windows. Um, and we have, a, as we, through much of this exhibit, a mixture of the contemporary and the old, old-fashioned lollipops like a candy store would have had hundreds of years ago with, I think, very contemporary candies that, you know, pop and buzz when you put them in your mouth. So I think we're, we're seeing, again, things in the traditional register along with the very contemporary register. Now, this is just a bite size of much more that is to come, but all in all, Milwaukee Revealed really is about revealing the city in a way that you haven't seen before, getting you to ask questions that you didn't even know you were curious about, and to reveal to you whether you've been a Milwaukeean for generations or you just came here a couple of weeks ago, a city 
through different eyes, different noses, different kinds of ways to see the landscape in front of you. So thank you. And we look forward to talking to you all much more about it very soon. Thank you. So Bobby, you heard that this is this is just a taste. There's a lot more coming in this exhibit and the rest of the the spring. I mean, they're rolling out two more announcements here before the end of May. But what's your initial reaction here to the the Milwaukee revealed? I'm excited about it because I mean, I love Streets of Old Milwaukee. It's it's such an iconic exhibit. It's such a fascinating place to go into. And I mean, you could never really have seen everything that's in the streets of old Milwaukee, right? There's so many little objects in every one of the rooms, but it always has aimed to tell the story of Milwaukee during a very specific era, right? I mean, the, mm-hmm. the last decade of the 19th century, first decade of the 20th century, it's never really had the job of doing anything kind of beyond that. And it's always had a very strictly commercial vibe to it, right? It's a bar, it's a shop, it's a store, it's a pharmacy, it's a restaurant. I like that this new version has those features to it, but also talks about the history of beer in a broader way because it's outside of, it's not held by these strict time restraints. It can Yeah, we're not looking at a de- like a decade here. We're looking at a, a broader period. Yeah. So it can go and it can look at frozen custard, which, you know, I wrote a book about frozen custard. So I'm very excited that that story is going to be told in some way. I like the fact that it doesn't ignore the lakefront and the river and all of the, you know, the activity that has gone on there and how those helped shape Milwaukee, the Cream City Brick. I mean, there's all this, all these other elements of Milwaukee that just couldn't really be kind of jammed into an exhibit like the streets of old Milwaukee because that wasn't what it was meant to do. So what I like about the new exhibit is that it is still a facet of streets of old Milwaukee. We'll have the dress shop. We'll have the pharmacy. Well, you know what I mean? There'll be like the doctor's office. There's going to be these different things, but there's also room for all of this other stuff. So I feel like it really gives a fuller picture of Milwaukee than the streets of old Milwaukee has ever really been able to do. Yeah. I mean, we're really asking a lot out of that one exhibit. And, you know, now that it has this uh, broader focus, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people kind of questioning the, the scale, you know, the scale of the new museum, the footprint, the exhibit space uh, will be a little smaller, but maybe one important thing to consider is that smaller isn't necessarily worse or lower quality. It doesn't just because the exhibit space might might not be as many square feet. It it might deliver a more immersive experience in ways that we don't even know yet. And it sounds like that's really the goal of the whole exhibit is is on this revealing theme. And it just makes me think about about this podcast and what we do here. You know, kind of the idea that every building tells a story that's going to be baked into this exhibit. So from kind of an architectural and history standpoint, I'm really excited to see how they finish it. And for me, like seeing seeing that familiar architecture that I grew up seeing, you know, like the the neighborhood streetscape. It did hit me in the feels in a way that I wasn't quite expecting, you know, seeing seeing this um, representation in a more like modern museum setting got me kind of excited for what this is going to look like. Yeah. And I, I thought sort of the same thing as you did when I saw the the Mitchell building feature is going to sort of allow it's going to sort of, dis- you know, over time when you walk through it, it's going to disintegrate and sort of transform into the Solomon and Josette Juno cabin that had stood on that site. And I felt like that really is a lot of what we try to do, right? We, we look at what's there now and we try to sort of peel it back to the different layers that have been there over time. And this does a really good job of that, I think. Or it seems like it will. We don't know because, you know, we're just seeing sort of sketches and, and 
basic details and but I'm definitely encouraged by what what they've said. I do want to just mention though that the uh, European village has not been addressed in this announcement. Have we heard anything from the from the museum regarding the European village component? No, we have not, but I don't know that they've considered that really part. I mean, it's attached to streets of old Milwaukee, but it wasn't built at the same time. And I think it, I mean, it's, I don't think they consider it to be part of the Milwaukee exhibit because it's not really about Milwaukee, even though it's sort of tied to Milwaukee in the sense that the houses represented were ethnic groups who came to Milwaukee. Um, so it's possible that's going to come out in, in a future one, because they are also talking about these changing galleries that are called mixing zones that are going to offer some behind the scenes views and some, uh, some other things. So it's, it's a little unclear exactly what those are at the moment. So it's possible that they could be somehow included in that. I guess we'll find out. The museum actually tweeted a picture of Granny, who, you know, obviously generations of museum goers have seen her gently in her rocking chair for years and years. They didn't include details about where she might end up in the streets of Milwaukee Revealed, but that photo makes me wonder, uh, she's probably not going anywhere. So we'll see where Granny ends up. Well, yeah, and I have a feeling that, I mean, they've created sort of a persona for her over the years. She has her own Twitter account, too. So my guess is she's going to find a place in the new museum. And the candy store, that's that's for sure staying there. Yes, were... the can- Haymarket <laughs> Candy Shop is coming back, and it will still be a, a shop you can go, an active shop that you can go into and buy candy. So that will be a part of the streets that appears to definitely be making, making the transition. All right, well, go check out those renderings. We've got those sketches linked in the description box of this player. And we should mention, too, there are two more announcements coming this spring. On May 9th, it's Living in a Dynamic World and Mixing Zones. So there you go, the mixing zones you referenced. Mm -hmm. This is about five distinct ecosystems across the globe and the chance to be immersed in those landscapes and cultures that occupy them. So the mixing zones also will, as you mentioned, give you that kind of behind the scenes and reinforcing that revealed kind of theme. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that shakes out. And then on May 23rd, Bobby, we're going to learn about the rainforest and the butterfly vivarium. What's happening with those exhibits? Yeah, so it's going to be um, another couple of interesting reveals coming up next month. And then at that point, all of the sort of major galleries will have been revealed, um, at least in broad strokes. And then, you know, I imagine there'll be more to come. All right, well, we're going to be following this story here on Urban Spelunking, so make sure you're subscribed if you're not already subscribed. We'll have an episode um, near May 9th and another one near May 23rd to do deep dives on these and bring back these museum officials. They've been really open and transparent about this process, and we really do appreciate being able to talk through each one of these exhibits. So make sure you're subscribed, and we'll, we'll see you next Thursday from On Milwaukee and Radio Milwaukee.